0: Hi, my name is Eric Herman. I'm an assistant professor at Concordia Seminary, and I'm here with two guests. First, Robert Kolb, our own Robert Kolb Professor Emeritus in the Systematics Department at Concordia Seminary, but also a special guest with us today, uh, Professor Dr. Oswald Bayer, who is here from Germany. He's on a lecture tour here in America, and he's with us here in St. Louis to give a lecture tomorrow. Uh, But we have him today to talk a little bit about his work in Reformation theology, in Luther studies, and uh, his view of the importance of Luther's theology for today. So I'm very excited to have uh, both of you here, both well-known and respected Reformation and and Luther scholars, and um, we'll just ask a few questions and uh, get a sense of uh, uh, your, your interest and contributions in this field. So I'm going to start with, with you, Professor Beyer. You're going to be lecturing tomorrow uh, presumably on Luther's Theology of the Word, but you have focused in a whole range of areas. But your earliest work was in the study of Luther, kind of a historical study we were talking just a few minutes ago. Um, what were some of your early influences that got you interested in the study of Luther? Uh,
1: dates from school. A, uh, from a good uh, teacher in religion and uh, especially when I <coughs> had my studies in Bonn with my teacher Ernst Bitzer, and um, for me
0: Ernst Bitzer, yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm.
1: is my teacher mm-hmm. and as a Swabian I am you know we have no mass in, in our service on, only the word uh, services and uh, Reutlingen, the citizen of Reutlingen, have, uh, have uh, written to Luther, shall we introduce the mass? And he said, no, remain with the word alone. Mm. And um, so my question was, as a member of this church, why Lord's supper when the word is sufficient? Luther says, the word is sufficient, your sins are forgiven, they are forgiven. It's not, se- not necessary to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper. That was the initial um, question to do, to do this work on promissio. It, was an excite, it has
0: excited me. Was it, um, Ernst Bietzer quite influential on that question? I know he has done some significant work on Luther's theology yes, of I, means of grace and sacrament. Because uh,
1: Bietzer says it was in dispute. I had uh, not built on him, but had begun anew in a methodological uh, way, which is different from his searching.
2: Right.
0: And I I should ask you, too, what you've done work in Reformation and Luther studies. What initially got you interested in Luther studies?
2: The picture of of Martin Luther on my Aunt Peggy and Uncle Pete's wall. I had from from very small um, this impression of this this figure whom I knew was very important and um, so somehow or other I just was intrigued and uh, when I was debating whether to go into exegesis or church history then the reformation seemed to open itself up as a Mm. as a logical place to go because the influence of the small catechism and memorizing the small catechism in fifth and sixth and seventh grade already set me in that direction
0: would you say a key teacher is for you in that in those studies
2: well here at concordia certainly Karl meyer and a number of others um, and then my doctoral advisor robert kingdon who who was not a lutheran and who wasn't a luther scholar um, but who uh, had worked on the second stage of the french reformation on, on calvin's influence on his students and he kind of directed me into the second generation of, of uh, the Wittenberg Reformation. That's what I consider my my academic home. I'm uh, a latecomer and amateur in Luther studies, actually.
1: Karl Meyer was in 71. I have uh, experienced him. Yeah. I've known him. This was the first time that I was here. Oh,
0: in in, in, uh, in St. In, Louis, you in, met Karl Meyer? In,
1: Mayer. in uh, Concordia Seminary. Yeah. It was a Luther Congress for Luther research. Yeah, that's right. In '71, here.
0: That's right. And that had. Uh, I had
1: given a lecture on newly discovered uh, texts from the y- young Luther. Aha! Uh-huh. It was my um, by my beginning in this
2: in
0: this forum. Yeah, in this field. Well, talk about that a little bit. The your first book, Promisio, which you were kind of referring to as asking that question about the theology of the word. It's a book about. Um, among other things, enters into that debate of Luther's theological breakthrough, the when and the sort. But I also noticed that the the themes that you raise there are developed throughout much of your later work. So talk a little bit about that book.
1: Um, Pizza has asked for justice of of God, Um, righteousness of God. And I have um, asked especially for p- the understanding of the word "promise," mm-hmm. the history of the notion, of the concept of promise. Yes, and you are right. It uh, remains the source of all my systematic uh, insights and, and developments. For instance, I have transferred this um, understanding out of s- the sacraments to this understanding of creation. As a promise, it was um, a risk to do it, mm-hmm. and I was long not not convinced that it, is, it, it, it it goes, but I have done it, and I'm, cont- I'm content to to have done it to develop a f- in, in our country a new um, understanding of creation.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say that you've been a profound influence on this campus, uh, particularly on our colleague Charles Arendt, mm-hmm. who has followed in your footsteps consciously. I mean, he's read your material and then taken that um, to, uh, to uh, mine the the 16th century uh, Lutheran concept of creation um, within the, the framework you've set and then to apply it to
0: today. And as you said, it's especially a connection between the doctrine of creation and theology of the word and, and how those two connect. Um, the verbal character of
1: um, creation, mm-hmm. that God addresses us and together and along with all creatures. And this is not only technomorphical words which are used to articulate a, a, th- a theology of creation, but in a, in a linguistic way. Mm-hmm. Special linguistic
0: ways: Yeah, just kind of naming some of the areas you've you've launched into from there. This theology of creation, um, the intersection of Luther's theology of the word with post enlightenment hermeneutics, speech act theory, um, the oral linguistic structure of our identities.
1: Especially in reference to Paul Ricoeur.
0: Right, Ricoeur, and then but also uh, the eighteenth century philosopher Haman yes. You've done some work on.
1: Now uh, some weeks ago. Is edited, uh, Contemporary in Descent, Johann Georg Karmann as a Radical Enlightener. Mm-hmm. Um, translated by Mark Mattes and Roy Harrisville. They have worked a lot of, of years to do it. It's this, it, it published by in Erdmanns. And
0: Erdmanns is doing it? Yes. Very good four weeks ago what would you say out of all of the different branches or directions that you've gone Mm -hmm. with these work these systematic themes as you were talking about
1: all is hold together by this concept of
0: promissio so you would see that as kind of the the starting point of the of the not only
1: the starting point but the the persistent and remaining center of all
0: what's your favorite book or the thing you enjoyed working on the most
1: the most is newly um, in english published um, book on Harman, Harman. because it is my dogmatics in an unusual form, in the form of presenting Johann Georg Harman as a radical Enlightener. More than my um, Martin Luther's theology and contemporary interpretation, this Harman book is more systematic and is my, my favorite book.
0: It's interesting, I mean, you're you're looking at the 16th century, looking at Luther's theology, but also developing a systematic theology which has its impact on contemporary issues today. Um, Robert Kolb, your area is different. It's looking at at late Reformation period. You've done a lot of work in the establishment of Lutheran identity in Germany and and the Confession, but also you've done another set of work of its implications for daily Christian life uh, for witness, both on a lay level and in an academic level. Um, what was your favorite thing to work on or the thing you've enjoyed the most? I would say, I would say
2: the exercise, what, what doing the Martin Luther Confessor of the Faith forced me to do was to look at how uh, Luther's theology uh, functions as a whole. And I must admit that you appear in the footnotes in that book fairly often, uh, Professor Beyer, That gave me a a broader grasp of of just how uh, Luther's theology functioned.
0: We're up on the 500th anniversary of the Reformation in a few years, in 2017. Um, So both of you as Reformation scholars and Luther scholars who have tried to connect the bridge from the 16th century to now, does it remain significant? Is the Reformation 500 years later, is the thought of Luther 500 years later, important, not just to us academics and specialists, but is it important for the world uh, today? Luther is before us. We have not reached him, not yet. He's, he's out in front. He's, inva- yes. he's advanced us. As- yes. In what way?
1: Oh, in the, in the precision, in which he takes the difference between law and gospel, the effective word which is at the same forensic, the genuine um, escape of the Lord's Supper, Supper, you know. It is obscured now uh, in, in so far all the in Lutheranism, world Lutheranism, they call the Lord's Supper Eucharist and ignore that the Eucharist is a, a part of the Lord's Supper and not the Lord's Supper as a whole. So he serves, Luther will serve as a critical uh, on uh, Certain liturgical movements too. So um, we have to go back to be able to, to to go forward.
0: And you, what is your what is your thought? What
2: I find most intriguing is in in the travels that that I have been able to do in Japan, in um, Taiwan, in India. Um, maybe to a greater extent than in Germany and the United States, um, young people and not just from the Lutheran tradition are fascinated by Luther Um, and they are eager to delve more deeply. Some of my best students in India um, came actually from the Pentecostal tradition who took the first week of my seminars um, with great suspicion and then uh, realized that Luther was as you say addressing questions they hadn't thought of before. He was was into human life ahead of them. So uh, I don't know about the future of the Lutheran Church, but the future of Luther's witness, is, I think, going to be stronger in the 21st century than um, in, the, in the 20th and 19th, perhaps.
1: He's so fresh, he has something yeah. to say. Right. It's not a formal authority, but an authority in substance matter.
0: And it sounds like there's really a difference between the significance of the Reformation for, say, the Church in Germany and in America, than it is for and maybe there's a difference between Europe and America as well, but especially with the, the momentum of Christianity and Lutheranism in the South and in the East, that Luther is being appropriated in a fresh new way that maybe has different eyes than than we look at, at Luther. Well, very good. Well, uh, we're going to conclude our time, but I appreciate uh, both of you being here, especially uh, you, all the way from Germany, Professor Bayer, and we look forward to your time with us over the next day or so and the lecture tomorrow. Um, uh, we're, we're very excited to, to have uh, your ideas among us and your witness to Luther's theology among us. Um, so thank you uh, for being here. And thank you for watching.